Hello and welcome to the Irish Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Halton. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and financial independence enthusiast, sharing my financial freedom journey. Stay tuned and welcome aboard. I hope you are doing well. Before we crack on with today's episode, I thought I would start with a little bit of a personal update. 35 days. Yes, I'm officially counting down the days left until my overtime experience has finished. You guys might recall that back in around November 2021, I started working extremely hard in an effort to increase our savings rate. In fairness, it's been fairly successful in terms of the financials. We have gone from having a portfolio of a little over 200,000 euros to what I suspect will be close to, if not over, 400,000 euros by the end. So not bad for an 18-month slog. However, we have sacrificed a lot for this, and in particular myself in terms of Time away from family, health and fulfillment, but also extreme fatigue, burnout and tiredness. So I'm definitely looking forward to cutting back and one of my projects ends at the end of April. So it will be from the 1st of May that I'll officially be, hopefully, working a lot more sustainably. The interesting thing about the whole experience has been that as the process has gone on, I've learned to actually enjoy work a lot more. And I'm really pleased to say that I currently have a project that I absolutely love and it's got potential to be a long-term project as well. So it is well worth getting up for and part of me reducing the overtime is to be able to work exclusively on this one project, which I'm really looking forward to doing and albeit still doing a little bit of freelancing here and there where I need to and want to, which is really, really important. And before I finish up on this, I want to share something that I wrote in the Limerick FI WhatsApp group back in July of last year because I think it was probably my biggest low probably of my five-year fire journey in fact and look there's been a few lows in there as you guys know particularly in early 2020 but I think recalling my mindset back and the worst part of this reading back was that it's right in the heart of summer and as it is the hockey season is coming to an end now and I'm really excited about cutting back the amount of work I'm doing, hockey season finishing, so my volunteering obligations will, will be pretty much over for the summer, and hopefully I get to enjoy work, enjoy time with the family, and hopefully hit plenty of golf balls. Anyway, the comment was in relation to what I was doing, buying property, grinding on, and so on, and this is what I said. I said, the grind is horrible, and when it becomes just about money, it's pretty unfulfilling. Don't get me wrong, I'm grateful and feel lucky, that I get paid to write code, but it's very much Groundhog Day every workday, and weekends spent sleeping in just to recover from the week. In truth, I'm likely pushing myself too hard, but I'm trying to find the light at the end of the tunnel now. What I likely need to do is find an alternative income stream that I actually enjoy, but I really struggle to think about what that could be. I know if I didn't have to get up to work, I would have a fulfilling retirement, and that almost makes it worse. I've got the retirement part figured out. I've got the means to earn money, but I'm just impatient and don't know how long I can keep grinding for. But I also don't know any other alternative. Even cutting back to part-time work doesn't really solve the problem. And I did that in 2019 
and remember still hating the three hours per day I had to work. Part of the issue is I hate being told what to do. I tend to take on short-term contracts as I know after six months I'll begin to detest my manager as I'm sick of being mismanaged and will resent them. I'm actually jealous of anyone who likes their job. What was that film with Nicolas Cage when he wins the lotto and still works as a cop? I'll trade my whole portfolio to feel that way about a job. It is 100% first world problems, but it's largely the reason I've been pushing my income. I dislike working for money so much, I figure just earn as much as I can to get out of having to do it anymore. So for me, I'm actually all for leaving money on the table, especially if that money is extremely unfulfilling to earn. My entire work life has become a means to an end, with fire being the one reason I get up in the morning to go to work. So as I said, that was written back in July of last year, and it really encapsulates what I was doing. And look, things have certainly improved since then, and I really can't stress enough the reason why I need to cut back. And I'm not against doing what I've done, and I certainly will be covering more episodes about exactly the ins and outs of what I was doing and how I was able to effectively save 10,000 euros a month because obviously we were earning a lot more than that to be able to pay taxes on that and and also pay for our own expenses. So how I was able to do that, I'm really looking forward to covering that on an episode. I'm going to need time to reflect on all of this stuff before I publish that one. So I'm hoping it might come out towards the end of the year at some point. But at the same time, the key thing here is if you can find work that you enjoy, then you don't really need to worry about early retirement. And that was basically what I was saying there. I was so envious of anybody that was actually enjoying their work. And look, no matter how much you like your job or your work, whatever form of income you bring, there's always going to be something we would rather be doing. But having a sense of fulfillment in work is certainly an extremely important aspect. And I am pleased to report, as I mentioned earlier, that I have found that now. And I'm with a project that I absolutely adore and and the people are great and everything, and it has everything that I love that was very much opposite of what that message was saying. But at the same time, it's important to understand that that maybe adding a few more years to your overall FI journey and actually being happy on the way is certainly certainly the big takeaway. And as I said, I don't necessarily regret the 18 months of overtime and look, it's got me here and that's all well and good. But at the same time, there was certainly some down t- some downtimes in there and there was some low moments, so to speak. So yeah, but look, let's jump on to today's topic because I actually want to talk about withdrawal rates. And this has been on my head and these things tend to go around in circles with me and it drives me a little bit batty, to be honest. Tina from Money Flamingo, actually she was kind enough to do a feature on me last week. So I will actually share that with you guys in the show notes as well. So do go and check that out. Um, It actually covers a lot of this income stuff that I was just talking about earlier. But uh, she actually recently wrote an article and The article's great, but the better aspect is the die with zero calculator. And it basically is an alternative to the 4% rule. And the reason it's so exciting is that it actually accounts for things like an inheritance or a state pension or the fact that your expenses might be lower one day because your kids have grown up. All of those things, which the 4% rule just does not calculate or it becomes more difficult to work out with the 4% rule that also accounts for inflation as well. And it's all of this great stuff. And uh, so I will share it in the show notes. I also wrote a blog article on it in my latest progress update. And guys, I should just point out there that I actually recently edited my entire blog and I now have a full five years of progress updates starting all the way back in 2018. And you can actually follow on initially year for year and eventually into month to month throughout my progress and my thoughts. And look, all of these things are a journey. So we're always kind of thinking about new things and 
changing the way that we think about the financial independence movement because it has, as I mentioned in the last episode there, it has changed a lot over the last five years. So this die with zero calculator, let's just jump back on that. It really is interesting and it makes you start to think. And in my case, it actually proved a, a hunch which I had, which was that a portfolio value of around 800,000 euros will be enough for us to retire. And according to the math, assuming that I live to 100, which I think I would be doing exceptionally well to get that far, we would have enough for myself and my wife to have a very fulfilling retirement from roughly age 42 onwards. And it's all well and good. And I thought, great, all I have to do then, once I hit my magic 800,000 euro number, is start withdrawing 40,000 euros per year. And then I sat and thought, right, well, how am I going to do that? At the moment, we have three investment properties with mortgages and around 130,000 euros in a pension, which I can't access until I'm 50. And for anybody that has buy-to-let investment property, you likely know that if you have a mortgage on the property, well, you're not necessarily getting a huge amount of cash flow out of that property, especially with interest rates creeping up as they are. But look, it's okay. This is the die with zero calculator. The die with zero calculator says that you should die with nothing. Therefore, if we have to sell a property or two along the way, then that is totally fine, at least according to the calculator. But as Andrew from the Limerick FI Meetup group says, he says, why would you kill a goose that lays golden eggs? eggs. So he looks at all of his investments from a cash flow point of view, including rental property and dividend paying stocks. And his argument would be to focus on the income side of that rather than the equity side. But as it is, in my case, I tend to report my portfolio on the equity side, as in how much value there is from the stocks and the value of the properties less the mortgage values, simply because, well, that's kind of what's more exciting. But also, secondly, that's what I actually grew up with. Anybody that has lived in New Zealand, or Australia for that matter, likely knows that rental yields down there are barely 3% per year as a gross rental yield, whereas in Ireland you can get 8 or 9% rental yields when it comes to actually looking to buy an investment property. So it's far more exciting here because you get this great ability to generate cash flow, whereas in New Zealand and Australia, you're basically relying on capital gains, thus why we return the value of equity. We always want to know what is my property worth. However, based on this cash flow model, we shouldn't actually be too concerned about it. Now, as it is when it comes for me reporting a monthly update and telling you guys how my progress is going, it's probably a lot more exciting for me to hear that I have a portfolio valued at 380,000 euros versus I have income coming in of around 1,500 euros per month. And thus, equity seems to win when it comes to at least blogging and feeling wealthy. But it isn't necessarily what we want to be striving for. So I sat there and I thought, what will I do? So I sat and I basically crunched a few scenarios because, hey, scenario crunching is always fun. So option one was for me to pay off two mortgages. I mentioned I have three mortgages at the moment on three investment properties. Two of them have mortgages of less than 110,000 euros each. So looking to pay off 220,000 euros, which is fairly doable for me, given that we are still going to be planning on saving around 5,000 euros per month once I do start to cut back. So not a huge amount of time, maybe three or four years to pay those mortgages off. And Bob's your uncle. We now go and we live off the rental income. And this would work. 
that would produce around 2,400 euros per month in income. And I could look to produce a little bit more income by either working a little bit here and there, because as I mentioned on the last episode, I'm likely moving into a semi-retired state. So even in this scenario, earning 16,000 euros a year, I could probably do by becoming a hockey coach for a relatively high up Limerick based club here, or just by working a little bit of freelance work, moonlighting an hour or two a day. There's lots of ways you could easily earn 16,000 euros per year. Alternatively, I could save a little bit more and try and bridge my pension if you like. So basically build a pot outside of the pension that I could draw down and eventually just live off the pension once I turn 50. So there's an easy way to do that. Or I could pay off that third mortgage or buy another investment property and pay off that mortgage. So there's lots of different ways to handle it. But the principle here is to draw down cash flow, I need to pay off the mortgages. But then I kind of think, right, well, isn't that somewhat risky as well? Because it's all fun and games until a tenant stops paying the rent or until the property requires significant work for whatever reason. Perhaps it's a natural disaster. Perhaps the law changes and I have to provide more insulation and various restoration into the property. Perhaps a tenant simply destroys a house or there's a flood or a leak or you name it, it could happen. And all of a sudden I've been relying on this rental income to come through and for whatever reason it stops. Hmm, yeah, suddenly income doesn't look so good as a retirement plan. And yes, whilst it might be good 95% of the time, that 5% of the time that it isn't there suddenly is a problem. Now, in semi-retirement, it's not so bad because you could just work a little bit here and there and scale your work as you need to. But isn't the whole point of this to feel like we don't have to work and work is optional? And I guess that's a powerful aspect. Now, with equity, we at least always feel rich. And if any of those scenarios come along, well, we just move money as we need to or we sell some stocks and shares to then move into the property. And yeah, we're just rebalancing, so to speak. And we suddenly feel a lot richer because we're not losing this income. But then when it comes to withdrawing, we need to sell our assets. And well, that's not really fun. And I've kind of worked hard for these. So do I really want to have to sell these assets? And this is probably why we see bloggers who have become financially independent end up not selling because they feel this exact thing of, hey, this was hard work and actually I like watching my portfolio grow. So it's a challenge there as well. And I hope you guys can appreciate that I'm way in two minds here because that's exactly what it is. And look, it's all about trying to make a decision and I'm pleased to report I have. So my conclusion was as follows. Two of the properties that I have actually produce positive cash flow. Now, not a huge amount, but when you actually look at all three of them, between all three of them, they roughly bring in around a thousand euros a month after the mortgage payment and after all other expenses. So there is a little bit of cash flow coming in. Now, this cash flow is subject to interest rates remaining at their current levels, which is already high enough, quite frankly. And on our first investment property, I actually blogged a couple of months back that, hey, look, this is generating around 250 euros a month. And the very next month, I get a letter from the bank to say, yeah, we'll just put your mortgage repayment up by around 1%. And yeah, your repayment's gone up by around 200 euros. Now, since that letter, they then sent another one that said, we're actually putting it up another 1% again, Mr. Houghton, to 6.75%. I have personal loans with a lower interest rate than that. So all of a sudden, not so fun. Now, as it is, we're now looking to refinance. It's going to cost me another 1,400 euros to pay a solicitor to, to do a refinancing on that. But we can at least now fix the interest rate. And actually, I'm actually moving to one of the main banks, which is kind of fun for me because they don't normally look to uh, have anything to do with me being self-employed. So hopefully that all goes through. And assuming we can pull that off, we will have a investment property with a good tenant that pays the money every month in a very low maintenance house 
which should produce that 250 euro profit at the end of it after all expenses and after the mortgage payment. Because remember with our mortgage payment, we are paying not only interest, we're also paying capital repayments off that. So even without rental property producing cash flow, it still produces profit as the mortgage is paid down and that equity grows. So the plan very simply is that by not paying off the mortgages, I get what I call the best of both worlds, which is I still get to buy more property. Rather than that money being saved going on paying down a mortgage, I then get to save a deposit to buy more property, which is what I like to do. I like looking at property. I like looking at houses to buy and like trying to put deals together. And I think for me, when it came to thinking about this and paying down the mortgages, which by the way, I'm not necessarily saying is a bad idea. It's just for me, I kind of felt like I was retiring from investing. And that was kind of something that I wasn't quite ready for just yet. Now, as it is, assuming I don't overdo it and over leverage myself, because there is an argument to over leverage yourself. And we certainly saw people do that back during the Celtic Tiger, assuming I keep the number of investment properties to a reasonable level to a point that I could service the mortgages myself. And that's really the key here is that in a worst case scenario, let's assume that all investment properties weren't receiving any form of income from rent. Can I service some mortgages myself? And the answer to that is as long as my mortgage repayments are less than what I can save, then I'm good to go. So assuming that I can save 5,000 euros per month, as long as my mortgage repayments are less than 5,000 euros per month, I am happy to continue to buy property and leverage myself knowing that I can save my way through to pay the mortgages in the event that all of the properties, for whatever reason, weren't receiving any form of rental income. And look, we say, what sort of situation would that happen? Well, we only need to go back to COVID when we realize tenants quickly may not have been able to pay rent. So it is something which is somewhat plausible and we should consider worrying about. So there we go. At the moment, the three mortgages I have come to around two and a half thousand euros per month. So only half. So in other words, I could go and buy another three properties and still be within my leverage limit. What will that do in the long term? Well, in the long term, those properties will be paid back one day as the rent effectively pays down the mortgages. And so in the long run, my wealth will be much greater. And if I can find a way to just tip a little bit off each deal, then that will allow me to give me the cash flow that I need to potentially retire. But as it is, the more I think about it and the more I look at it, I would likely rather continue to work a little bit, not too hard, just a little bit to cover my annual expenses rather than selling property, particularly in my 40s or even early 50s. I'm certainly not against selling those properties long term, though there is one or two that I would definitely like to keep long term because they are lovely houses that I actually really, really like. And one of the things with the die of zero calculator is it says you must be prepared to sell those properties. And truth be told, I don't necessarily know if I am. So again, withdrawing in retirement. The reason I'm bringing this stuff up, guys, is because as we approach what is now 50% of the way halfway to our journey, I'm starting to, to now look at our numbers and thinking, how is this actually going to work in a practical sense? And it is something that you do need to plan for. And just keep in mind that when you are putting money into a pension, that that is locked away for a certain amount of time. So you need to be aware of that when it comes to looking at withdrawal rates. At the same time, 
building a portfolio solely on stocks and equities, you don't really have this problem because you can always just sell 4% a year and live off that without needing to sell a whole property as you do when it comes to buying real estate. So again, these are the balances and the things that we need to be considering. And hopefully I've given you guys a little bit of food for thought when it comes to thinking about this because it has been a little bit of a challenge in my own head recently and I'm certainly more than happy to have shared this with you guys. As always, if you have any questions on this episode, drop me an email at michael at firepodcast.ie and I look forward to catching you on the next episode.